You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hello, Sean. It was, uh, it's not been a good day for me and my, <laughs> and my Davenport Potatoes, my oh. salary cap team. Uh, yeah, I, I got a, a kick out of uh, one of our league mates uh, texting everybody about... The uh, signing of one Zeke Elliott to the New England Patriots and the effect on those people who roster Ramondre Stevenson, who may be actually just be you. Well, it is me. It is me. So, yeah, I got the sorry Tim text on the uh, the league. And I scolded him. I did say, (laughs) don't be such a ghoul. And then I proceeded to send everybody the news that Dalvin Cook had signed with the Jets. And... I also have Brees Hall on my roster. So, yeah, it's it's been a little bit of a rough day How you feeling? for me. How are you feeling? Well, you know, not great. Uh, you, I, ent- you woke up this morning a uh, world beater, yep. and, and now you are a, I don't know, a brow beater. I don't know what you are. You're some something else. So should I ask you how you feel about these four players now? Is it too fresh for you to have perspective? Or to have a take? Yeah. Oh, well, I can. I. I mean, I'll, this what's your is, initial take? This is off the this top is just of my for, head. Just for the reckoning. Sure. I mean, I think they were always. Right. <laughs> I think there were always question marks about Brees Hall's health this season. Uh, so I'm not surprised. Confirmed. With the Jets right. uh, having a, a window here where I think they're going for it, it doesn't surprise me that they made the move to sign Cook. Um, it's they've been toying around with it for months. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of always, I have been banking on Brees Hall being a running back two level player this season anyway. So I'm not sure. Is he still that this I'm, year? I'm not sure. I, but I, in my heart, I was already preparing for the, the possibility that Brees Hall was not going to be my stud running back this season. I'm not going to go RIP Brees Hall on yet. Cause I think that's going to be a terrible take. I'm just going to say, I think this year. I think Delvin is a good enough back that he is probably going to get a large percentage of the carries. And I hope, in some ways, I, I kind of hope that that, that that gives them the freedom to not play Brees if uh, if he's not 100%. And like I think that, that it, might, it could end up being a good thing in the long run. It's a one-year contract, right? It's right. a lot of money. But, you know, they're going for it. They're all in. Uh, yeah, hopefully it just allows Brees to fully heal. Yeah. And then just have a nice long career for a running back. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> and then with Zeke in, in New England, uh, I, you know, I think obviously he will take some work away from Stevenson, but I do think Stevenson will still be leading this backfield. Um, it, it definitely bums me out because I was, I was like, who's going to take carries from him? And now I know. Well, I, I didn't think. There yes, were. but we have kind of like when we talked about him, I was like, well, there's I think I even said that this is the one bump in the road that I see is that if, if one of these backs and maybe Zeke is the best of those options, because I think I don't think Zeke is done, but I think he's entered that phase of his career where he's going to be a complimentary player. And <clears throat> he he can be used on third downs because he's a great pass blocker. And he can get a series here and there to, to spell him and, and, and basically end up getting about probably 30% of the work. Uh, to me, it's kind of a, an, I would say it's an indictment of uh, the unlucky Pierre Strong and uh, and Kevin, Kevin Harris. Harris. Yeah, who I think, I mean, they're late round picks. We never, I, I liked Harris a bit, uh, at least before he yeah, got hurt. He looked really good before um, he hurt his back. 
and and strong. I don't think either one of us really ever liked strong either. So to me, I just think this is uh, Belichick's way of saying, you know, they're not ready for prime time. They're not ready for their to 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 do what you need a, a, a number two running back to do in an NFL team right now. Yeah, and, and you know, and I've heard talk this off season about Stevenson. People, some people were picking him as a top five back. That's hmm. gone now. Are those people named T. Kennedy or? <laughs> sorry, no, it's too obvious. How about Tim K? Uh, no, I was not picking him to be a top five back. But boy, when I heard people say that, I was happy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Full uh, mast. Not, not so much anymore. All right. Well, this is one of my favorite episodes we do all season, Sean. This is the I'm Too Sexy for My Rank I'm episode. I'm completely confused. No, you don't have to be because the last episode is in the past. We, okay. we aren't going to mix right. up that sexy with this sexy. All right. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy it hurts. So what so you're saying I is these are players that are sexier than their rank. They're sex. Yep, exactly. So these are players you should be able to get at a discount, mm-hmm. uh, either from your. Well, you probably aren't going to get them in your auction. You'd have to get them at a discount from your. They could be in an auction. These guys are for, for sure could be in an auction. Well, that's true. Uh, if they are the older um, ones, for sure. Yep, and and some leagues where players are just automatically let go after yeah, the contract. So, so sometimes you get three years and then it's done. You know, then everything's in the free agency auction. True so, story. All right. So my first guy, Sean, is Jared Goff, ah. quarterback for the Lions. He, I is, love this take. I haven't even looked at your notes, and I love this. But take. you love it. Uh, he his ADP right now is as the quarterback nineteen, and overall the one hundred fifty eighth player off the board in dynasty startups. That makes him a fourteenth rounder. Would well, be one quarterback leagues, obviously. Yes. Yep. Um, so the question for all of these guys, at least for me, when I think about this, is why is he not sexy? Why is his ADP so low? Uh, well, he had a bad year in 2021. That was his first season in Detroit, and he finished as the quarterback 24 in 14 games. That's an overall finish. But Goff has been in the league since 2016. He only played seven games in 2016, so I'm going to throw that out. But his other seasons, he finished as a quarterback 12 in 2017, quarterback 7, quarterback 13, quarterback 18. We had the stinker in uh, 2021 at 24. And then he finished last season as the quarterback 10. So on this episode... The so, he is, so he is currently ranked lower than... Every single season he's ever finished, except for one year. Yeah, thank yes, thank you for pointing that out because that is actually the point I was trying to make, but maybe didn't do it very well. But that's part of the reason. The question for all these guys is why should they be sexy? Why are they you sexy? Know, I have a theory on some of these. This is going to come around. We're going to see a pattern. A lot of this is guys who made an impression right out of the gate, and Jared Goff was a guy that people roundly just like mocked when he came into the league that he just looked awful. His like first training camp and he just looked like, I cannot believe the Rams took him with like the number one overall pick, but an awful draft pick. And then, you know, and then he turned into something different and people are still kind of stuck with that, that first impression. And and that's going to be a theme throughout my, my players. I'll say. Yep, I think you're right there, too. But here's why I think he should be sexy. There's continuity at head coach and offensive coordinator in Detroit. Uh, He plays behind a really good offensive line there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's going to be throwing to people like Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, eventually Jamison Williams will be Reportedly. Although I hear he's dropping everything in camp these days. Wow, he... (laughs) That would be a big time bust if he, it would be, if but, he doesn't put it together know, in the pros. It's it would it would be it would be a big time bust. I'm I'm, I'm not rooting against the guy. I just that, that's just what I'm hearing when I put my my ear to the ground. Right. I'd like to see that <laughs> just come around the corner. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that that noise that was another ball hitting the turf in Detroit. Um. So for my conclusion, obviously, I think he's sexier than his rank. He's a top 10 quarterback from last season going in the 14th round. I don't know why. There's, Yeah, it, it, 
to to be your to to kind of join in in your thing um it wasn't like last year would i would understand it if there was some weird thing that happened last year but <clears throat> arguably he he did he, arguably his targets have improved yeah Jeremy gibbs is a better pass catcher than than swift was uh i won't say laporta is better than hawkinson but laporta is better than the 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 guys that replaced Hawkinson right. for for most of the year last year, um, so I, I I to me it just seems like all the same things are in place, and then you add more, and then somehow he plummets. Right. So I'm not going to go so far as to say I'll eat a frog because I actually had to pay up on that last year. I think I I had a. <laughs> but you said you didn't mind the frog. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. I actually would eat it again. But I just think there's no way he finishes. It's as just because it's an excuse to go and out. Okay. Go out and... All right. Here we go. I think there's no way he finishes as quarterback 19 this season, barring injury. And if he does, I'll eat another frog. There you go. <laughs> I taunted you into it. Nice. <laughs> Plus, he turns 29 in October. So yeah. he's still relatively young, even though he's been in the league forever, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there's no reason to uh, fear. I, I, I think this is a layup take, honestly. I'm not trying to no. uh, pick on you for making the take. Because when the layup when the, when the layup is there, you take the layup, right? That's right. Uh, this is, I think, a, a real clear, obvious, uh, underrated player, and no one. He's the guy. He's the kind of guy, honestly, that you can get for very little. I have him in our league, I, and I'm like, well, you know, I could. I, I think in my head, I could cut him, and I, I don't know that he would go for that much money anyway, because no one thinks he's that sexy. Yeah. I just get him back. I was gonna say, as a 14th rounder, like the list of guys you could trade. You for could have him. saved him for next week's episode. Almost the the uh, the guys that are Maybe. minimum salary. I mean, probably not, but but not too far. Maybe so. All right, ready for mine? I am. I'm gonna talk to you about Miles Sanders. I like this one too. This is a guy I considered as well, Sean. <laughs> uh, running back 23, dynasty running back 23, ADP, overall 63. He uh, he's rated behind. The unsigned Dalvin Cook, I guess he's since signed. Right. Uh, Damian Pierce and Rashad White, um, and who is not good at football. Um, <laughs> we'll just say that. And plays on an awful team. Uh, he's in the same player grouping as the suspended Alvin Kamara, um, who saw his team spend a day two pick on his replacement, Aaron and Aaron Jones, who turns 29. Uh, Miles Sanders just turned um, 26. And he just turned in the best season of his career, finishing his RB13 last year, one ahead of Najee Harris. Uh, speaking of Harris, uh, he is basically the same age as Sanders. I think he's less than a year younger, which is odd because right. he got drafted old. Uh, he's never been efficient, uh, terribly. He's never been a, a good NFL player. Uh, and somehow he's Dynasty RB9. So those players who are basically the same age, at least for like. Three months of the year, they're the same age. Uh, the the one who is good at football is RB23, and the one who is not so good at football is RB9. Uh, I should have covered, actually, Najee Harris last week, except I think I've kind of, I think I've beaten that one into the ground. Yeah, I think your your feelings on Najee Harris are, are well documented. <laughs> uh, so Sanders has dropped for two, two reasons. Um, he's widely regarded, just kind of, as we talked about this, this, he, he's a disappointment, right? There's like, there's like a stink. He's like a him. stink. He's he was he was taken in most leagues, the second or third player off the board uh, in rookie drafts, and he's he's been okay, but he hasn't been great. And I think that his impression has been a lot worse than he has. He has been a mid to high RB two three three of his four years in the league, so that's not terrible. But he never one of those like seasons where it's like, oh yeah, now he's. RB6, RB5, something like that. And like you said, people viewed him that way coming in. Yeah. People were excited about him. Right. Uh, the one year, he, his one like bad year uh, was 2021. Um, but his lack of production has never been about efficiency. Regardless of his quarterback situation, he's produced when he's given the ball. His career yards per carry is five. Uh, even in that 2021 year, he averaged five and a half yards per carry. So... He's, he's, you know, 
that's not necessarily all on him, but it's consistent. He's always productive when he gets the ball. Um, until last year, he was never given rushing volume. Um, in fact, last year was the first time he was ever even given uh, 180 carries. Wow. So he had uh, 259 carries last year for over 1,200 yards. Um, and then outside of his rookie year, he's never been featured as a pass catcher. Um, I think 2019 he had 50 catches, and since then he's averaged less than 25. So What are they doing? Well, well, they're just, what was Philly doing? I mean, they, they at least it, the Philly is has changed over time. It's been a different set of characters involved there. You got Carson Wentz and to Jalen Hurts and the stuff in between, um, and uh, that is uh, I, I can't necessarily say that they were doing them wrong, but they they had somebody who was being effective for them and they just weren't using them. Yeah. Um. So uh. So that's the so the first reason why he's dropped is this 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 perception of that he hasn't been good and that is i think largely tied to opportunity um the other part to this is that he changed teams and he goes from being um in a great offense in philly to carolina and carolina is less sexy than houston they've got they've got some nice pieces but they're really young yeah and they don't and just no one looks at Carolina and thinks that's going to be an offensive juggernaut. Right. But for running backs, it hasn't been bad at all. And certainly not as bad as most people think. Last year, Carolina finished, finished the year as a good run-blocking offensive line. They're in the top half um, in terms of uh, uh, quality of blocking or what, whatnot as rated by PFF, um, which some people don't really care so much about that, and I get that, but um, but they were, in terms of production, they were in the top half in efficiency with rather mediocre backs. Once they traded uh, McCaffrey, um, they went with Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, basically, who are not world beaters by any means. Um, and they also had terrible quarterback play. And Foreman had put up some nice numbers there. Huge actually. numbers down the yeah. stretch, and it got him a contract. Um, so they finished number 10 overall in rushing, but from number five from week seven on, and actually the fi- the last three games, they were number one in the league in rushing. Um, and and the teams that were basically ahead of them in terms of rushing um, were all teams with a running quarterback. Um, it, with a, If you just look at rush yards by running backs, they were number four in the league last year. Nice. So... Um, better than the Eagles. So I think there's a good argument that they actually, he's moved into a situation that is similar and potentially better than the one he was leaving. Um, And I think there's a good argument that Miles Sanders is about to get volume that he's never gotten before. So they almost have to, (laughs) I mean, honestly, there's just not much work in there right now. And, and my reason for saying that, okay. So now Frank Reich is the coach there. Um, since becoming the offensive coordinator uh, coordinator in Philadelphia in 2016, Reich's offenses have finished in the top 10 in rushing attempts every single year except for 2018 when they finished 17th. And 2022 when he didn't finish the season because uh, he lost his job. But he was still number 19 in rush attempts, so not that bad. His uh, assistant head coach is running backs coach Deuce Staley. Obviously, they're probably going to be interested in featuring the running game. There is no third down back on Carolina's roster. Uh, they got Chuba Hubbard, obviously, but Chuba Hubbard is not, he's not any good at catching the ball. Um, he only had 14 catches last year. Um, Frank Reich has described Miles Sanders as a three down back. Uh, he got paid as a three down back. He's the only running back to really get paid anything this, this off season. We just talked about uh, Zeke getting like $3 million guaranteed you know, whereas uh, Sanders got quite a bit more than that over many years. Uh, and then here's the other thing is that he's only 26 years old, barely. So this is not a one-year play. This is a guy that is going into a situation where we now have we have productivity. Productivity. We've always had um, productivity. We've always had opportunity. Put those two things together and you actually get 
you know, actual fantasy production. Yeah. So he's, he's getting increased opportunity. I think he's going to get increased yeah. opportunity and, and those opportunities are not bad opportunities. So I just, I don't understand uh, Miles Sanders being rated this low. I think that he's a great opportunity to acquire a player at um, a steep discount. Yeah. And I think he's, a, he could very easily finish as a RB one this year. Uh, I like it, Sean. I like the take. And and even if he doesn't, I think he does have a shot at RB1 finish myself as well. Um, but he's being ranked right now in ADP-wise. Low-end RB2. Low-end RB2, exactly. So he's, um, again, almost certain, I think, to outperform that ADP. And that's why he's on the show. That's right. All right, next guy. We actually have a, a pair of guys here, Calvin Ridley. Uh, and Christian Kirk. So Ridley is currently the wide receiver 37 ADP-wise, the 79th player off the board. Christian Kirk is just behind him uh, with at the wide receiver 39 and the 82nd player, player overall coming off the board. They both play wide receiver for the Jaguars, of course. Um, so again, the question, why are they not sexy? I think I'm guessing. Those are wide receiver fours. Yeah. Wide receiver fours, and here's why. I think people just don't know. Kirk had a really nice season last year as the lead guy in Jacksonville. Ridley has been out of the league for basically two years, um, and I think people are just still really uncertain who's going to be the wide receiver one in Jacksonville. I mean, we have Trevor Lawrence there. He's an ascending quarterback. He threw for over 4,000 yards last season and 25 touchdowns and finished as the quarterback seven overall. So even, let's say, Lawrence has hit his peak, which I don't think is the case. Right. But even if he has, and he just repeats those numbers this year, those numbers would have made uh, a a receiver that got even 25% of that stat pool from Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. uh, would have finished as the wide receiver 19. So they would have had 1,000 yards and six touchdowns and about 50 catches. I'm sorry, 100 receptions because he had about 400 recept- or 400 completions last year. So I'm not saying that very eloquently, but it would have landed them as a wide receiver, ni- the wide receiver 19 last year. So what I think... This mythical player. The this, question yeah, is, which player is it? Exactly. That's the question. So what do you think, Sean? You, look, you took a look at I'm gonna. I'll start with Christian Kirk. Okay, yeah. so his history, he had kind of an underwhelming start to his career. He finally broke out in 2021 with 77 catches for 982 yards and five touchdowns. It was a good, good season. He took that, got a fat stack from Jacksonville. And, uh, and the season he broke out, it was his fourth year. His fourth year. So he was in the league for a while before that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was the underwhelming start to the career part of it. Right, but right, you're right. right. I didn't actually spe- specify how long. Well, I that just, was. I mean, it, to me, like that's really, that's something to consider. It took him a long time to get. And even in break most salary cap leagues, I would guess that he hit the free agent waiver yeah. wire because uh, he wasn't giving people a reason to to sign him. Right. So uh, he got paid by Jacksonville, or you could say Arizona let him go. Uh, and he improved last year, 84 catches for for over 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, good for his first, um, well, wide receiver two finish, however, because um, it's actually wide receiver one finish. He finished wide receiver 11. Points per game is wide receiver 18. Depends on what you actually care more about. Um, so I th- start thinking about how Christian Kirk is used. He's basically a slot wide receiver. He was third in the league in the NFL in the NFL league, that's the name of the league, uh, in slot targets. Uh, he is a relatively low A dot, high yards after catch player uh, with with a decent number of deep targets. So they do, they, they he, he picks at you with a lot of little stuff and then they go over the top every once in a while. Basically, he's a baby Ayuk, um, except uh, a lot shittier. Um <laughs> So why do I say that? I'm going to compare these guys. I was going to challenge you. Like, why is he? Why? Why would you say that? Okay. Well, Ayuk is uh, number th- three in the league in separation. Kirk is number forty-five. Uh, Ayuk makes his team better. Production premium, which is a uh, stat that's used to, 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 it's kind of like EPA more or less, uh, but it, it places more value on um, things that help your team more. Um, 
uh, Ayuk was 13. Uh, EPA was 25. Uh, his quarterback rating um, as ninth in the league in terms of what his quarterback rating is when targeting him. Um, he route win rate was number 13, 11 in target separation. Those are all Ayuk numbers. Those are all Ayuk numbers. Now, if you look at Kirk, who's a similar player on paper, production premium is 44, EPA 31, cubic rating per target, 45, win rate 28, 32 versus man, 45 uh, se separation versus man. Basically, um, he's okay. But the biggest thing for me is that Trevor Lawrence was actually better throwing the ball to anybody else mm. than Christian Kirk. So his, and I don't mean like, no, I should say, I should say everybody else. Meaning if you look at all the other players that he threw the ball to, if you just didn't say who they were, you just said, would you rather have him throw the ball to Christian Kirk or, or any, you know, yeah, whoever else, whoever else is better. Christian Kirk did not make Trevor Lawrence better. So he's, he wasn't that far off. He's not a bad football player, but if I'm looking to who's going to elevate, I don't think it's going to be Christian Kirk. I think, I think Christian Kirk is a thing that is a helpful thing to an offense. But if you're really looking for, um, for, uh, a, a chance of having a, a real significant numbers, I think something has to be different. It has to be a different kind of a player than that. Cause, because we've seen what Christian Kirk can do in that. And it's, it's okay. Yeah. And, and so what he's do he doesn't do the things that elite receivers do that elevate his team or his quarterback. Right. He's, he kind of gets a job done, but he doesn't do that for his, his team. I, I think, yeah, for me, if I'm looking at, if I'm, in charge of the offense, and I'm saying we're let's let's try to feature somebody. I don't think Kirk is making the case that he should be the featured player in that offense, Got especially it. when a lot of the things that he does. I'll get into Evan Ingram later. A lot of the things that he does are similar to what Evan Ingram does, but Evan Ingram does them a lot better. Okay, so it makes me more interested in Calvin Ridley. All right, well, let's take a look at him. He was a first-round pick. Actually, in the same year, I don't know if we mentioned that, but Kirk and Ridley came out in 2018. I forgot that. Together. Uh, Ridley was a first-round pick, went number 26 overall. Uh, Kirk was number 47 overall, so he was a second-round pick, but only about 20 picks apart. Um, in his first three years in the league, Ridley finished when as the— Kirk, When Kirk was doing nothing. yeah. Uh, Ridley finished as the wide receiver 20 overall, the wide receiver 25 in his second season. He missed three games that season. And then in 2020, he finished as the wide receiver four overall. So he's put in an elite season and a really good rookie season at that wide receiver 20 mark. Then 2021 happened. He was playing really injured. Uh, I think he played in five games, was not healthy, uh, Basically, he since told people afterwards that he that that it he was miserable. Yeah, he was he was playing hurt. Uh, ended up taking a break from the team. He was suffering from some mental health issues, um, and then he ended up gambling on the NFL, as I'm sure most of us have heard uh, at this point. But he gambled on the NFL during that time, and then sat out all of 2022 for a suspension for doing that. So. Um, he's back here after almost two years of not playing. Uh, is he really back? Now, one of the things, or actually there are two things that have convinced me I think he actually is back. One, uh, he wrote an open letter that I for, forget I where it was we published. we talked about it when it came out, actually. We may, yeah. I think we did, but um, he, I just, he seemed to be genuinely aware of what had, like, happened for him and why things had happened for him and he seemed to be on track for turning those things around and really realizing the impact of uh a football in his life in a positive I, way i think that you could be a public defender tim i really think you've missed your calling <laughs> um well or he he missed his like calling <laughs> he, he should be a writer because he had me hook line and sinker I'm there like, you go he's All got right. a He's got his uh, his mental he health. He had you at hello. Back in a good spot. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, and then I've been hearing really nice buzz uh, out of camp for uh, for Calvin Ridley as well. So 
I feel like he's come in and he's putting on a show for people there. It's it sounds like he's truly back. And he only he's he'll be twenty nine in December. So he's not an old receiver. He's he's actually got um at I would say at least a couple years left and probably a few more after that if he truly it is, is one surprising, of these elite though. receivers. Yeah, it is surprising that just that he doesn't seem like he should be twenty nine. <clears throat> um but so I looked a little bit into some of the similar numbers and just in terms of how he was doing. And I looked at, granted, I looked at the 2020 year, which is because 2021 was kind of a lost year. Right. Um, so it, it's a little skewed because it is his best year. But um, he played a very different game. Uh, he then, was Than Kirk. Yeah, he was okay. number one in the league in air yards and deep targets, um, number two in air yard share, number two in red zone targets, number 11 in an average depth of target. I mean, he was a downfield receiver mm-hmm. in an offense that uh, that was the, I think they led the league in, in um, a dot or one of those numbers. Like, Matt Ryan was throwing the ball deep to him and Julio that year. For the Falcons, yep. Um, but he was still like some of the things, like he was number 21 in, in, in target separation. He was number nine in uh, EPA. Uh, Matt Ryan's quarterback rating was 10 points higher throwing to Calvin Ridley than the default other receivers. And among those other receivers was Julio Jones. So that was a very, very, very good year. And he was doing something. He was doing playing football in a very different way than Christian Kirk. Um, I think you, your conclusion is if you had a bet on one of these, you're going to bet on Ridley, right? Yeah. I mean, I think, both of these guys are not going to finish down in the in the low 30s. I think they're both potentially underrated, honestly. In production. They might be. But I do think one of them is going to emerge as the top option. And I, I put my money on Ridley just because I've seen the elite season out of him. Um, I And I just I, I think he's a better player from everything I've seen. And so I, my money is on Ridley. Yeah. I think I, for me, the only... Um, I don't know, question mark I put in there is Trevor Lawrence had a little bit of a rough start, and we've joked that it was, you know, like the disastrous coaching. And I mean, I don't know if I joked is right because I think it's actually probably true. Yeah. But there are some habits that Trevor Lawrence has that don't serve him well. And some of those are he has not figured out how to throw the ball deep effectively. He has turned into an efficient short game passer um and like there's a reason why guys who offenses who you know do well in epa and 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 whatnot are these offenses that just take little bits right because you throw a lot fewer interceptions you maintain drives more and whatnot and trevor has turned into that and it's probably made him a better nfl quarterback i don't know if it I think the truly great quarterbacks do push the ball downfield and he has to evolve into that. And when I've seen him try to throw the ball deep, he, he just, he throws a lot of picks. So I think Kirk fits with what Trevor is today, but I think Ridley fits what Trevor wants to be. And I guess part of me is this is, is if, if you feel like Trevor Lawrence can be anything, can be one of those top five quarterbacks in the league, then then he's going to have to push the ball downfield, and Ridley's going to be the way he's going to do that. If you think he's going to end up being, I don't know, I don't want to badmouth Drew Brees because he's a Hall of Fame player, but a guy who basically manages the, the ball, does makes a lot of throws close on the line of scrimmage, keeps him pushing the, the, the getting first downs and whatnot. Um, then I could see Kirk being that person. But I don't, just because Ridley is able to do that downfield stuff doesn't mean that Ridley can't get open in the short areas either. So I'm still in on Ridley over Kirk by quite a bit. I just think that it's a, it's a possibility. And and the other thing, I'm a little worried that, um, that Kirk's skill set overlaps too much with Evan Ingram. And I think, so he hasn't, and Kirk hasn't ever demonstrated that he has any kind of elite traits, whereas Ridley has, which is your point. Um, so I'm with you on it. So, uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, wide receiver 48, almost a wide receiver five. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the tail end of... It's the last pick in the fourth round, right? Yeah, yeah. Not, no, fourth round. I mean, just among the wide receivers, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Overall, yeah, 105. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Overall, 105. Um, You've already sold me <laughs> that he's underrated. He's way too sexy for so, that. So since 2018, Tyler Lockett has finished as a wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two every single year. He's a, He's been somewhere between wide receiver nine to wide receiver 15. Last year, he was wide receiver 13, for example. Since 2018, he is the sixth most, most fantasy uh, points scored. Uh, let's see if you recognize some of these names. Um, Adams, Terry Kill, Diggs, Evans, Cup, Lockett. Mm-hmm. It, that's, the, that's the order. His touchdowns are consistent. He's finished bet- between eight and ten touchdowns every single year during the streak. He, he could have been in this episode every year of his career, I think. People I are think, never high. I end. feel like we have actually. I think he was maybe in this episode last he year, or the year before. Um, so, what is suppressing his value? Well, first of all, it's his age. At this point, he's thirty, and he's turning thirty-one mid-season. And in these high-level receivers, sometimes fade right around this time, right thirty-one, thirty-two. Yep. But he has not demonstrated any drop in effectiveness. So. Um, his route running is is elite, still is elite, uh, compares favorably with guys, the big names, Jefferson, Diggs, Adams. Um, there was some concern before this past year, well, that Russ made him. I think it's actually turned out to be maybe the other way around. Um, last year, he was the top uh, Seattle wide receiver in yards per target, yards per route run. Uh, he's number five in the league in target separation. If you look at his... Reception pre- perception profile, it is almost all green, um, and um, you know his his success rate uh, is like he's good versus man, he's good versus zone. Um, I think he's ninety sixth percentile versus man and eighty sixth percentile versus zone. He beats press eighty fourth percentile. Um, he he's he's just really good. Uh, he also. Um, Another thing about age is like, do they get hurt, right? So he hasn't been hurt, um, and so he's, he doesn't try to take hits. One of the negatives I've heard is like, well, he doesn't. He goes down real easy. Okay, but maybe that's smart. Maybe he's playing the long game, and and it is just going to keep on playing and being productive. It hasn't hurt his production. Last year was one of his best years by every measure. He's played 16 games every year of his career, except for 2016 when he played 15 games. So he basically is always on the field. Um, Seattle is locked into him financially for three more seasons. They gave him uh, the dead cap after this year would be a $20 million hit. Uh, And after 2024, it's still $10 million. So like it'll be hard for them to move on from Tyler Lockett. Another reason why his numbers are down I think why well, he's been pushed back is JSN. The, the new hotness in the town. The new hotness in town. And I do think that it's fair to say that JSN might take some reception volume, but Jason's not a deep ball receiver, which Lockett is. I don't know that they're they're playing for the same balls. Um, basically, DK does a lot of deep stuff. Uh, Lockett does a lot of intermediate to deep stuff. And Jason's just going to get everything underneath. Um, Lockett was only... was. 47th in the league in, in slot snaps. He doesn't play that same position. He's a flanker. Um, and I don't think that it makes sense for Seattle to reduce his role to carve out a space for JSN because, as I've talked about with some of these other guys, he helps Seattle win. He's number seven in the league in EPA. His The passer rating last year when targeted is over 106. So he's he is helping his team, and mm-hmm. I don't think that... They're, they're, that there's no reason to basically take from him. JSN can carve out volume from the roster of mediocre tight ends that they have or pass catching backs, which they don't really have any great pass catching backs. So I, 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 and also he's a rookie. He may or may not actually be, people love him, but he might not start out real amazing. So I'm not worried that JSN's going to have, I, I think it'll take some volume from him, but I just don't think it's going to be, a major amount. Got it. Um, so his his value right now, his dynasty dynasty ADP is 
after veterans Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Rashad Bateman, mm-hmm. Gabe Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton, Kadarius Toney, and with the exception of 2021 Mike Williams, these players have never had anything approaching a wide receiver one season. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I'm, I'm going to pick on specifically. His best season was in 2021 when he finished 27th in points per game. That's wow. his best year. Um, he's also behind unproven rookies in Mingo, Mims, Josh Downs, <laughs> Reed. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that there's, um, you know, you can take your gambles on some of these rookies and whatnot, and your people aren't necessarily going to be comparing apples with apples with with that because the 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 period of relevance is so much different but um keep in mind that this is a weak wide receiver class so just because there's some guy was was the fifth wide receiver taken doesn't mean he's any good um the only one i think on that list of players that i just named that i think has a passable chance to finish as a wide receiver one is omingo and i wouldn't i wouldn't bet on that either honestly right yeah, that list, Sean, I, I personally think you said these on the Seahawks for three more years. He might have three more great seasons or really good seasons. I think he's got at least two left in him. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Is I, think he's, I think you're looking at two more seasons of high-level fantasy production yeah. as either a wide receiver two or three. But trading somebody like Josh Downs for two years. What, of, what are you, what's Josh Downs going to be? Like, I mean, uh, maybe. It's possible, but like you're you're getting something really valuable there. Right. So, uh, you can get him to be a rock solid wide receiver three or elite wide receiver four. All it's going to cost you is what I would call a roster clogger, like Bateman, Juju, yeah. uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, I would do that every day. Yeah, for sure. And probably twice on Sundays. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should do it twice on Sunday for sure. All right, my last guy, Sean mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. Wide receiver for the Browns. He's right now, ADP-wise, the wide receiver 35. And he's coming off the board at number 75 overall. So think, why? Yeah, I have I just because of the other research that I did, I have some some comments on this. I'm well, gonna let you go. Oh good. I mean that's that's awesome. I think I, I agree with you. I mean, for it's sure. In, but. It's insightful what you're bringing to the table. I love I love the EPA, the expected points added stat, because it really does point to what is, does what this player does on the field translate into points I, for his I team? I think it's or... a way of, of predicting how NFL coaches will view the player. It's not so much directly relevant to fantasy football, but like they make the decision as to who they're going to get the ball to. Yeah. And so anyway, let's, let's, let's talk about Amari Cooper. All right. Well, why is he not sexy? I, I think there's maybe three possible reasons. Uh, one is... He has the new quarterback in Deshaun Watson. There's nothing sexy about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> well, um, there's no Jacoby Brissett on roster this year. So either Watson's going to support him in that wide receiver role or he's not. And maybe that's scaring people off, that there's no really credible backup there in Cleveland right now. Mm. Oh, oh, you, that Dorian Thompson. I, I, uh, Robinson, yeah. yeah. I, I think he, he's he's looking, he's showing some flashes. Okay, well, maybe. maybe Kelamon is even, even not looking awful. That's just, a, that's just another argument against being scared off of that's uh, right. Cooper. Uh, he did just turn 29. So maybe people are afraid of his age. Maybe it's just plain fatigue. It feels like Amari Cooper has, has been, been in forever. the and he has this is this is going to be his tenth pro season. So he's been around a long time. Mm. So maybe people are just tired of him. They think he's done. Here, why should he be sexy? Here's why I think he should be sexy. He finished last year as the wide receiver 16 in points per game and the wide receiver 9 overall in half PPR. And almost all of I think all of our stats are in half PPR. Yeah. Uh, unless we say unless otherwise. We say otherwise yeah. Yep. So um, he had a resurgence last season, uh, you know, wide receiver 9 overall, his first season in Cleveland. I went back and looked at his full seasons in Dallas uh, the years before that. He was the wide receiver 11 in points per game in 2019. Then he kind of started falling a little bit. Wide receiver 21 points per game in 2020 and the wide receiver 26 in points per game in 2021. So he was kind of showing some slippage there. Um, But those are still all 
way better than wide receiver 35, even though he was showing some slippage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's you're baked into that is the idea that he's not playing forever. Yes, true. Um, one other thing, or a couple other things I think we should be thinking about when we think about Cooper. Deshaun Watson, I know, Sean, you're in the camp where you think he might just be done. Uh, uh, I, I think it's... Uh, Within the realm of possibilities, that's how I'd say it is. Sure. It's a thing that I think people just need to be aware of. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm clarifying this because I don't want you to like do a reckoning <laughs> of you telling me what I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, the upside is tremendous with him still yeah, too. I just I just want to remind people if we've forgotten because it's been a while since we've seen him be good, but he was a perennial top five oh yeah quarterback before his, his suspension. His first three seasons as a starter he was Yep. He was top five or better. Or better. I mean he was he was really, 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 really good. Yes. And I personally don't think he's forgotten how to play football at that level. Uh, he t- he'll turn just 28 years old in September, so he's still really young, especially for a quarterback. Um, and for good or bad, he's going to be Cooper's quarterback uh, for the next two years because uh, Cooper's contract has him in Cleveland through mm-hmm. 2024, and uh, it's even longer for Watson's Deshaun Watson. Watson's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. So um, they'll they'll have that time to work together for the next couple of years. And as I mentioned in the last episode, Cleveland, by all accounts, are planning to uh, rely more on the passing game this season than they have in the past. So I think we should see an uptick in volume for Amari Cooper as well. So I don't see why this 28, barely 28-year-old in a month um, is all of a sudden a borderline wide receiver four. I just don't get it. So I would say, as a conclusion... Mm. As sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti, Amari Cooper will blow his wide receiver 35 ADP out of the water. Wow. Do you, uh, rec- do you recognize that line? No. Sean? That's uh, from Africa, Toto's Africa. Oh, There's a line. I only know the Weezer version. <laughs> well, yeah, it might be harder to hear that line. But. Uh, I actually uh, don't listen to lyrics in uh, in any music, which is why I don't write them. So when we've played music together, as you know, I've never really. It's true. You're, you you're like I, the, I almost like refuse refuse to do it. You're like the Elton John to uh, Wes's uh, Bernie Taupin. Right, and like I've other singers I've played with have always like kind of amazed when I've been playing a song for a year, and I'm like, what, what's this one about? <laughs> what what are you what are you singing? Like, I don't even know. They're like, I've poured my soul out on paper, and you have no idea what I've said. Right. Especially because I'm supposed to sing back up. <laughs> Oftentimes, I'm just kind of making up words. <laughs> it's like, what? Because I can't remember them anyway. It's I can't funny remember them it's anyway. True. It is absolutely true. I have like a mind like a goldfish. <laughs> uh, okay. I like that take. I do like that take. I think, uh, uh, and it does tie in a little bit with what I'm going to talk about with my guy. My guys. Uh-huh. I also have a twofer. Okay. Uh, David Njoku and Evan Ingram, two tight ends with first-round pedigrees who struggled with drops and consistency early in their careers but emerged or re-emerged last year. David Njoku, I'm going to talk about him first. Uh, his ADP, Dynasty ADP, is tight end 14, overall 115, but that, I'd, that probably matters less in tight ends. He just turned 27 years old. Uh, it feels like he's been around forever, but he came into the league very young. Uh, he has had an up-and-down career. Um, he had, I think, a sophomore year. looked like he was, oh, he's going to be pretty good. And then, like, nope, no, he's not. Yeah. And, then, and then he came back and was and then started becoming good again. And, and he got paid by Cleveland. So, um, <clears throat> so he had, last year, also kind of was an up-and-down year. And this is how it ties in because we're talking about Watson. Because uh, I'm saying that up and down was due to Watson. So uh, with just a, Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback, he was tight end seven in points per game. Uh, it was just behind the superstars. You know, the guys you think of as superstars, right. Goddard and whoever else. Uh, once Watson returned, he was tight end 17. So he finished his tight end nine, tight end eight in full PPR. 
Um, that's a pretty big tale of two cities kind of a thing here. Uh, and this was not just a synergy problem with him and Watson. Uh, it was universal. Uh, Watson was awful. Uh, Jacoby Brissett uh, averaged t- like 237 yards uh, a game, um, and which was 55 more yards per game than Watson averaged. Only 183 yards per game yeah. with Deshaun Watson. He was not good. He was bad. Um, and it affected even like you know Amari Cooper, who you just talked about. Uh, he was wide receiver eight with Brissett and wide receiver twenty three with Watson. So, so it's it, you know I actually think DPJ was DP Jones was maybe slightly better with Watson. Uh, I don't know why. Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't making a joke there. I'm just it is a fact that he was better with Watson. Uh, so the question is is like is this going to last? Because and what I'm talking about. So I, to get into this, I had to get into Watson, and I had to really kind of get into it. And uh, in three years as a starter in Houston, Deshaun Watson threw for an average of over 273 yards per game. Uh, he was really good. I mean, really good. Yeah. Um, it, the way I look at it is the 2022 Deshaun Watson is unsustainable. If If he continues to play like that, I don't care how much they're paying him. Right. We're going to see DTR. Right. Um, because fans are going to revolt. Uh, so I think that's, I think the up and down nature is part of the thing that suppresses Njoku's value. Another thing that suppresses Njoku's value is the addition of Elijah Moore, who I think is a significant addition to that offense. But I don't see it as any reason to downgrade Njoku. Um, the team invested in him heavily. Uh, and, and Njoku was, um, 20th in the league in EPA, quarterback rating of 106 when targeted. Um, so Brissett's rating was uh, 89 and Watson's was 79. So that's a significant upgrade regardless yeah. of who you're comparing with. Like, like Njoku made them better. Yeah. Um, and so I, I do think that all you really need is for Deshaun Watson to become a, as good as uh Jacoby Brissett, which to me seems like yeah it, 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 there's no chance that that's not gonna happen um and and frankly uh even I mean he was tight in 17 with awful Watson which is basically what his current ADP is anyway so I just don't feel like it's free money yeah uh I, I think there's actually a significant chance that Njoku's breakout year, which was last year, was actually suppressed production. I think that he potentially could be much, much, much better. If you think Watson is suddenly washed at age 27, and I think there are some people who think that, and you put me in that camp, but, you know, I squirmed out of it. Uh, but then I wouldn't acquire Njoku. But uh, but then I would uh, uh, for sure uh, acquire Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram, tight end 13 and ADP, overall 116. So actually one better as a tight end, but actually one worse overall. So I don't know how that works. Mm. Um, he's a little bit older. <laughs> I'm a, it's got to be a mistake. It's, I double-checked it. It's not a mistake. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, he's about to turn 29, but that's not that old for a tight end. That's still okay. a solid tight end window. Uh, so why is he un- underrated? I mean, he was tight end five last year, right? Yeah. So uh, I guess first thing to think about is they added Calvin Ridley. Um, uh, Ingram was number five in, in, uh, in the NFL in targets last year among tight ends, and I think some of that will come down with the addition of Ridley. But I don't actually think it's going to cut into his targets in a significant way because because Evan Ingram is a very good receiver, and he's actually been a good receiver throughout his career. He is not a deep target guy, never has been. His his eight out is usually in the 20s or 30. His yak numbers are almost always in the top five. So he's another catch the ball close to the line of scrimmage, use your speed and athleticism to get yards. Um, his perceived production is, as we talked about before, these first impressions is as a disappointing tight end. But on a points per game basis, he has actually been super good. Uh, he has been... Since he came into the league, tight end four, tight end seven, tight end seven, 
tight end 18, tight end 23, and then tight end 7. Hmm. So the odd, the aberration is actually 2020 and 2021 where he, where he didn't do great. Um, in 2020, he was actually 8th in yards. He just only had one touchdown. You might recall that that's the Giants team that only threw 12 touchdowns. So, and finished with the fourth fewest passing yards. So Daniel Jones was awful. Um, so that kind of explains away that season. The next year, Jones wasn't really any better. The team finished 31st in passing yards and 30th in touchdowns. I think they were up to 15 touchdowns that year. So, so the aberration, a lot of people are looking at 2022 as the aberration. Nah. And it's actually the couple years before that in New York. Yeah, it's just the, the end of the New York stretch with, with an god-awful teams, with terrible coaching, terrible quarterbacking. Terrible uniforms. Terrible uniforms. <laughs> just, I can't say it's a terrible town, though, because I love New York. But yeah. and, and I actually like you, their uniforms yeah, It's not well, bad but. either. <laughs> uh, the other thing that kind of suppresses his value is that he has this reputation as a, as a pass dropper, bad hands. And he has had some bad drops that have been very prominent that people have, you know, pointed out even in recent years, he earned that reputation because he had 13 drops in 2017 as a as a rookie. But that's outdated. So he, that 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 doesn't play out in the numbers since then. So uh, he's averaged actually less since that rookie year, which was where he was tight in four. Um, when he had 13 drops, he's averaged under five drops per season since then. So if you compare drop rate, he went from an 11 percent drop rate his rookie year to a five and a half percent drop rate. That's actually half. And that's over like what, five seasons. So mm -hmm. he's, he's been a solid pass catcher. Uh, the other thing to think about is honestly, who cares what he drops? You don't lose points for drops. You care about what he catches and he has been productive. Um, the third thing is you could say, well, NFL teams will care if he, if he, if he keeps on dropping the ball. Um, that's fine. Um, but he, as I pointed out before, he has been good for NFL quarterbacks, uh, and he was great for Trevor last year. Um, I, one of the things that I believe in, as we talked about this before, is is investing in players that actually help their NFL teams win. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a quarterback rating of ninety five last year, pretty good, but it was one hundred and thirteen when targeting targeting Evan Ingram. Mm -hmm. um, by comparison. Uh, Christian Kirk was 93.8. It went down. A little bit. Yeah. Not much. It went down when he was targeting Kirk. A and, little bit. And uh, basically, that's consistent with what Evan Ingram has done. He has improved his quarterback quarterback's numbers every year in his career, except for two. Um, basically, his rookie year when he led the league with drops, and then that one awful year in New York with, uh, with Daniel Jones, where they're like, I think passer rating when targeting him was like, 59 but like otherwise it was like 69 it was just awful okay. <laughs> either way i don't know how much you can do with that either way yeah so now he's got the current situation he's he's got we talked about him before like one of the hottest young quarterbacks probably for the rest of his career you know he's he's locked into that offense and a contract for three more years three years 42 million dollars plus it's like one of those deals where like it's like got these kirk cousins like we voidable years things where they, they tack on extra years to mm -hmm. kind of spread the money out, which basically means even when he's done with that contract, they're still going to owe him nine or $10 million against the cap, which will probably ent entice them into extending him a little right. further. And that's kind of how this played out for Kirk is you're just kind of kicking the can down the road. Yep. So basically these guys are going after guys like Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, you're talking about Njoku and Ingram now yeah, they're, they're together. They're both going Cole later. Komet. Uh, and these are guys who haven't produced lately and have, I think, much worse quarterback situations. They both are young enough that they have a window of, you know, three, four years at least where they're going to be good, and they should not be rated this low. Either one of them would be a, a, a great guy to go for. I probably would, when choosing between the two, would probably choose Ingram because I think he's – He's established it over a long period of time, but I would also I would also think that Njoku would be solid too, All right. especially if you really think if you believe in Deshaun Watson coming back, then I think Njoku, it, that might tip the skills in Njoku's favor. Got it. All right, good stuff, Sean. I really uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing the analysis, uh, like the the especially like I said the points added for your for your team the EPA. 
and uh, and the quarterback rating, like how it impacts the quarterback. I, it's, it's good stuff. So I really liked some of your comments too. Oh, oh, thanks, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't fishing, but thank you. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, you uh, you found that helpful and insightful as well. We it have ah though. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. like last week was like hot takey. Yeah, and I don't think we necessarily agreed with each other. That's true. Totally. This episode, I think we're all in agreement on all these guys. I think so. I didn't disagree. I feel so much, I feel so much better. <laughs> I'm so much happier. We don't need to uh, re- right. repair our relationship no. after this episode. All right. Well, hopefully, like I said, you found some of this helpful for you. We have a minimum salary target episode coming up next. That is uh, also one of my favorite episodes. This is just a great time of year for fantasy leagues for fantasy podcasts i just it's really nice it, 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 like the minimum salary one because you know if you're going into an auction you just sometimes you just you only got a little bit of cash right. and you want to take a shot at somebody who might be a contributor to your lineup right exactly so we're going to have a few names for you that you can consider for that coming up on the next episode and until then bye-bye thank you for listening to another episode of steel Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod.